Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. This is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Martin Kellner joined us as always with a week of sport on TV. We had a bit of a conversation, didn't we? And we entered a world we'd never entered before, didn't we? Hovercraft racing. Yeah. Hannah Deacon came in. She races hovercrafts. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, But she was very interesting about it. Andy's thinking of buying one, aren't you? (laughs) <laughs> well, I might, yeah. Yeah, I might. A bit non-committal at the moment. But yeah, okay, well, here it all... i for a new sport next season. Yeah. <laughs> here it all is. Good yes. afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Yes. Uh, I, only yes. Saw the, I only saw the... Good afternoon, everybody. I only saw the highlights. <laughs> yes. I only saw the highlights of... Uh, which I'm a bit reluctant to talk about. I only saw the highlights. I got back late. I was at the uh, pilot for fantasy football, the new yeah, fantasy the, football. That's yeah, right. You've probably seen reports that they've, they've, mm. they're doing a, a, potentially doing a new series of fantasy yeah, football. Yeah, I, I thought it was... Uh, you good. enjoyed it. I yeah? enjoyed it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, very much the spirit of the original. And good. The producer is one of the original people that worked on it. Mm. So yeah. So I think it's uh, yeah, it's got a lot of so promise. Right. So I came back and I I was listening to Nigel Adderley in the car on the range. That was so exciting, wasn't yeah. it? Came back just in time to see the the goal by Lundstrom. So we'll talk about that later. And West, I just checked that out this morning. Really, the, the goal and the sending off for Chris. Yeah, the red, the red card did yeah. for them. And you did. We had the moose on yesterday. He was giving me a bit of clog about uh, the Champions League final. You're only. Yeah. I told him karma. You did tell him karma because sometimes things happen in a match that make it very difficult for you to win it. And I think, you know, that's why I'm to West Ham. It must drive managers mad. You just keep thinking the same thing. Look, don't get sent off. You're better to have gone a goal down with 11 players than to to have prevented a goal, but you've only got 10 men. You've made your life so difficult. It's difficult, though, because if you're Aaron Cresswell, it starts out as a 50-50 tussle, and then the guy gets away, then you've got hands on him. You get lost in the moment. And and it wasn't red. You can't argue Clearly it was a red, yeah. It was more a red than the one against Leon. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. So, uh, but, you know, it's been a good season for them. And we'll, we'll potentially have some very good news for West Ham fans a little bit later on. Rob mm. Harris uh, will be joining us and we'll tell you more about that. And Tammy Abraham, he never could head the ball for Chelsea, but he oh, certainly can head it for header. Roma. I mean, it's worked to... out well, hasn't it? The swapping of Abraham for Lukaku. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> but what a header to get 
back into that position yeah. to get enough power on the he's header. He's had a great season. He's sensational. You know, yeah, he's, he's enjoyed himself yeah, there. You know. Jose in tears. He wasn't in tears when we got to the League Cup final, <laughs> no, was he? Honestly, the Conference Cup. You don't want to be in tears for that, do you, really? Well, but, honestly, he probably feels it's a great achievement. But, but it isn't. Uh, but, yeah. you know. okay. Well, it isn't. Okay, well, it isn't, is it? It's not like getting to Champions League final. Uh, commiserations to Leicester as, uh, as well as we say. That yeah, was of course. a bit of a yeah, blow for them. A shame, really. It's been a difficult season for them, but I'm sure they'll come back strong next mm. year. Um, here's interesting news. A shamed Wimbledon legend Boris Becker may work as a TV pundit from behind bars. It's claimed Eurosport want him to feature in, in its French Open coverage, even though he's in HM Her Majesty's Prison Wandsworth. Who's going to be the co-commentator? Norman Stanley Fletcher. That's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? He, he can't do that. That was a fantastic first set by uh, by Novak. Uh, what do you think, Razors? Crusher, what was your take on the game? Be fantastic. Wasn't it? I thought he was fantastic, Boris. <laughs> Brilliant. I would have broke both his legs. I don't think that story can be true, but, really. Um, <laughs> it'd be like Mr. Bridger, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, from, um, you know, um, from uh, Italian job. Yeah, it'd be like Noel Coward. <laughs> oh, right, OK. Tea, Mr. Becker. <laughs> be just, uh, just uh, can I warm your microphone up for you, sir? If it was a little bit cold well, it might on be, the handle. It might be a bit like that. Yeah, you thank know. your crusher. <laughs> be good, wouldn't it? Uh, I know you're a big fan of tabloid ease. That is where a tabloid newspaper wants to do a story, but they can't keep repeating the same words so they've got to come up with a different version of it this is a fantastic one from the sun today from uh, andy robinson he says it's a story about the bullying badger that's menacing dog walkers not, An- not andy robinson the uh, <laughs> liverpool fullback <laughs> no i don't oh okay <laughs> the two-tone terror that's good isn't it that's good the two-tone yeah. terror you can't say badger again the boulders brass brock <laughs> Come on, this is good good. work. It's good work, yeah. Usually nocturnal animal was fair enough, you know, because that's what it is. So well quite aggressive badgers. Well, yes, they can be, that's true. I've got Uh, no prior knowledge. I've never been attacked by a badger, but I just, you know, by by reputation, they're quite fearsome. A couple of things to get you going on this afternoon. As I say, as delicate as your stomach was that day, approach any Mm. emails, texts or tweets you send us. But it is in the news today because Andy Murray uh, had to uh, pull out of his game against Novak Djokovic um, because he had an upset stomach, sadly. And uh, his coaches were fairly, they just said... You know, he felt weak. He, you know, he felt better, but he felt weak. He didn't feel he could play. He didn't go into any if detail. If I had to play Novak and no, I had no chance, I'd also have a stomach upset. <laughs> but there you go. Very I cynical think, view. I think he Andy. was looking forward to the to the match. Actually. Mark Petchy, though, uh, he wasn't um, quite maybe as uh, delicate as the coaching staff were for Andy Murray. He said Andy's had headaches, a temperature, and diarrhoea as well. Oh, yeah, well, dear. thanks for sharing that with the class, <laughs> Mark. Um, but sometimes uh, yeah. you do find yourself playing sport with a slightly dicky tummy well, it's happened uh, I did I've mentioned many times my old schoolmate who I saw <laughs> I this was coming. who I saw after 25 years hadn't seen him for years he was with his wife and little daughter I'd love him to be listening yeah and uh, he played in a football match with us and um, so I've got a bit of a bad stomach I don't think I should start get out there I won't say it's nearly said his name though. Did, get yeah. out and play you're starting <laughs> and we uh, accentuated we played in a kind of all white Real Madrid kit in this particular team and uh, he had a Gary Lineker moment Mm. and we started talking about the old football days when I saw him and his missus and I suddenly looked uh, this flicker of fear in his eyes and I was going to take him back (laughs) to that sliding tackle he's driving along now on the right wing oh he's not going to tell that story again I can still hear the left winger when they go in for that tackle the left winger going 
<laughs> That's not good, is it? Really? Anyway, I say as delicately as as you can um, uh, this afternoon to tell us that talksport.com text eight ten eighty nine tweet tsh and j Ronnie O'Sullivan mm. um, after winning the the world championship he had a sort of slight run in with the um, with the referee. Did you see oh, that? I did see that. Yeah, um, and uh, he's now decided to commemorate his little run in <laughs> yes. with the ref, which isn't going to lead to any disciplinary problems because nothing was proven with a, a selection of mugs. With the thing that he shouted to the ref, you saw nothing. So mm. if you want to buy a Ronnie O'Sullivan You Saw Nothing mug, go to Ronnie's website. Is that the thing where he made a sign against himself? I well, mean, he, there well, was no, something, wasn't The there? ref accused him of making a gesture. Well, he and, did. And he, he said, it. well, no, you might be thinking of a different uh, incident. Oh, this is a different incident. And okay. he said, what gesture? Tell me, what did you see? You saw nothing. So the idea that mm. Ronnie's You Saw Nothing range could really take <laughs> off. Uh, is there anybody else who was associated with a certain uh, saying or phrase who should have brought out a range of merchandise? Hogan's Heroes. You know, I've yeah. seen nothing. Yeah. Well, that's one for the kids. Eh? Look at the thousand-yard stare from the gallery when no one's over 70. So anyway, if there's a range of merchandise that someone uh, missed a trick on, do let us know. Yeah. What would you would like to have bought in that moment? Talksport.com forward slash H&J. Text to 81089, tweet to TS, J. You say that, but the, the producer, he, he, I agree with you, he didn't know what I was talking about, but he loves it when I bring out these old references because we were talking about doing hovercraft racing today and I said to him, do you know John R? did an advert for a hover mower where he said it was a lot less bother than a hover. Yeah. And I was able to play it to him and he enjoyed it, you see? So. Well, I was there when you played it to him. I don't know, enjoyed, is that... I don't know about enjoyed, uh, endured. He watched it. Endured. He watched it, yeah, he watched it. Kerry he... Green Bay Packer, says Scott. Well, we didn't want him, Scott. That's pretty good, actually. Not American football. There was a famous Aussie baseball player called <laughs> Babe Struth. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Mark in Banger. Very good. That's clever. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, looking through the Telegraph the other day, there was an action shot of uh, a hovercraft race. Um, small, not the ones that used to take you to France all those years ago, but uh, small individual racing hovercraft and uh, a great action shot. And I thought, I know nothing about this sport. Nothing at all. Me neither. So we thought we would remedy that. So Hannah Deacon, who, who thankfully does know all about it, who races the hovercraft, has joined us in the studio. Hannah, good to see you. Hello, hi. Yes, thanks for inviting me in. So that that was the first race of your your domestic season, wasn't it? I yes, saw the, pictures the, the National Hovercraft Championships, which right. we run the Hover Club Great Britain. Um, uh, we run it. We, you know, there's several formulas. The one that was in the Telegraph was the F2 race, which is one of our kind of main kind of amazing formulas for spectators to watch sort of incredible um you know you see the jump out of the water mm. so it's normally on a we don't have any purpose-built racetracks it's normally just anyone that has a spare field and a bit of water and we create our own courses and we do sort of eight laps around that and then you jump off into the water and you jump out again the other side so it's great fun and you're all going around at the same time in your formula it's not like time trials mm-hmm. So it's, so it's kind a of, proper race. Yeah, so it's a yeah. race, you know, off the grid. You all try and get into that first corner and it's like sort of bumper cars in a way because right. you're sort of drifting as you turn. Um, so, yeah. give the listeners an idea of scale. So how big are the hovercraft? How do they How do they work? What's so it? they're about the size of a car, mm-hmm. a small car. Yeah. Um, mine is actually a bit smaller because it's the kind of new technology is to have sort of the <clears> smaller, <throat> lighter hovercraft that are faster. Right. Um, but essentially, in my formula, I just have one engine and one fan, and the air is split between thrust and lift. Right. So I and I have a plate where I can drop that, so I can create more thrust if I want to pull out of a corner, or if I'm hitting the water, I want more lift, mm-hmm. for example. But then the faster formulas, they got two engines and two fans. Right. And what are the separate. sort of top speeds mm-hmm. you can get? So in my example? in mine, I can get sort of fifty five miles an hour on a straight. Um, the F1 and F2, um, they get to about 80 miles an hour oh, on a straight. Is it, is it dangerous? It, it can be dangerous, uh, like any motorsport. Um, mm. There are no brakes. So to stop, you basically have to let go of the throttle, which <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> usually means if you stop quick, then you kind, of, yeah, yeah, mm. you kind of carry on and the craft stops and you just sort of fly out. Um, but we wear, so we wear like full body armor, a bit like motocross where we wear, you know, we wear a motorbike helmet, mm-hmm. we wear a life jacket because obviously there's the water element of it too. Um, so we, we are sort of all kitted out um, and we have a lanyard which kills the engine. So if you fall out, right, yeah, like a jet like ski, a jet yeah, ski yeah, 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 like a jet ski, yeah. it should kill the engine. Mm. Um, but obviously then the thing kind of... Sometimes I, I've run over myself, for example. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's got to be doing that. So, <laughs> yeah. what, so how, did, hey, how did you get into it? Um, so it's how my parents met. Right. Um, yeah, they started racing sort of teenagers, early 20s, and then I was born into it, so didn't get a choice. I had to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, so every summer, most weekends, we're racing. So where can you see if people want to be intrigued by this and they oh yeah, I quite fancy watching that. Um so our next meeting, which is the National Hovercraft Championships, will be at Whittlebury Hall, which is next to Silverstone. Mm-hmm. So it's at the Jubilee Bank holiday weekend. We're there. Um, which is gonna be a great event. It's a great venue. 
obviously like heart of motorsport Silverstone so we're really excited for that does and it have TV sorry Paul does yeah. it have TV coverage not really we have a sort of online stream that people can watch as well um, but that's all through our website hovercraft.org.uk okay. so um, but it's the best bit is to come and watch um, you can then in the sort of between races public can come into the paddock and meet the drivers you know that's all part of what you get when you arrive so mm. and we're hoping to have some kind of refreshments and things like that as well when you're there so and what about uh, if somebody wanted to compete think of interest i'd like to find out more how do you get involved how do you start and is it an expensive sport to be involved in yeah i mean any motorsport is expensive mm. but we like to think of it as a cheap motorsport so you're kind of entry-level hovercraft you could buy for two thousand pounds you could obviously get um a second hand one maybe a bit cheaper mm. but essentially we sort of around two thousand pounds you can also we have a scheme where you can rent a hovercraft um, if you get in touch with the club, we can help you out. Because, so, you know, it's a lot of money to spend in case you don't like it. No, sure. So you can come, you can, you can try, try it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Is, um, there, is there a kind of Lewis Hamilton of hover racing? Somebody that they're all the other drivers look at and say, oh, he or it? she is Who's the, the best, best in the world? Yeah, so um, we'll get to see them. <clears throat> Hopefully some of them will be at the European event at Whittlebury Hall in Silverstone. But at the Worlds this year... You've got people like Michael Metzner, who's um, from Germany. Uh, he is F1 and F2 world champion currently, so he races in both. Wow. Um, and Michele Scanavino is Italian, so he's kind of, and he's, you know, he's always had a huge fan base to sort of come along. Um, but the actually, the UK makes up the biggest amount of drivers. We normally win sort of seven out of eight categories. Um, so, yeah, there's... Plenty, and hopefully I'll be world champion this year. Yeah, well, <laughs> where, where are you in the rankings then? So um, I was sixth at the last world championships. Oh, that's pretty wow. good. Wow. Which is not bad. Yeah. Um, and there was a, that was out of about just under 30 hovercraft. Um, and then those grid positions will be used in this world championship, so it gives me a good, good shot. I'll either be front row or second row, so on the grid. Great. Right. So. Jeremy Clarkson's a fan, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he... he um, Has he so tried it? He must have done. He said it's the most fun you can have with an engine, I think he said. Yes, like yeah, that. that's his well, famous that's quote good, that we use. That's a pretty good advert, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, I mean, they use it in Top Gear. He also did that, that was that one where they went to Russia and they drove the hovercraft down the river there. Mm. Um, and my friend was help was actually doing the proper driving because Jeremy was useless. <laughs> now I know you get a bus. <laughs> give away all the secrets. I know you get a bus pass these days because, but otherwise you could commute down the river, couldn't you? You could commute a couple of grand, Andy. You on the Thames I'd from home would be brilliant. Be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but Andy is a terrible driver, and with respect, <laughs> when, with no respect, you, you are, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea I'd be better being, on water. Yeah. You think so? Less obstacles. It's quite a busy, quite a busy river. The, well, that's the true, idea yeah. of you just mooring up. I'm the studios would be fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean, we also have cruising craft that's part of the club as well. So right. if you don't want to do the racing, you can buy like a recreational one that you can take on beaches, rivers, wow. mud flats. So there's a whole part of the club that do that. 
um, which is growing. Um, so that's really great as well. If you if you don't want to com- fully commit to sort of like competing at national level, you know, oh, in racing. So. I'd like to see you competing at national oh, level. I'd love to you? compete at national level. I'm better than <laughs> Hang veterans. her out of the rankings. You're suddenly <laughs> number five. And you, yeah, it'd be fantastic. I'd be a winner. Uh, so thank you, Hannah. Thanks that's very right. much for coming yeah, in. Appreciate it. Just remind, us of, just remind us of the website where people can find out more. So it's hovercraft.org.uk. Yeah. Um, and if you type in social media hovercraft, you should see all of our accounts come up. Up, which is the official HCGB? So that's okay. that's where you'll find us. Right. Best of luck in the uh, in the World Championships and Thank beyond. You. Thank, Thank you for you joining us. There's Hannah Deacon there, uh, introducing us to the world of hover. You're hooked on Andy. I can see that he's off. <laughs> you made it sound he's, tempting. He's very easily influenced, Andy. He'll have a hovercraft by this time tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do with it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, that Christian uh, Romero tackle on Sionchu last week that led to the Spurs goal. We were all going, oh, mm. don't jump in, and but of course he won the ball clearly. Oh, yeah. They went on and scored. Yeah, but, he's, he's definitely a yellow card a game, so you know yeah he's good I just think something just generally I know it's a generalisation of course uh, but the Argentinian players and I've seen it haven't watched Eric Lamella for many years and you've watched a lot of of Argentinian football their threshold for what constitutes a card just go back to even when they're playing Antonio Rattin but even when they've spent years playing in Europe and certainly years playing in this country they do have a kind of what look about them when they put in the sort of tackle that you know is a yellow card if you ever watch a Bocker River oh. Derby. It's the same Bocker thing. Bocker River. It's like some WW. Some tackles are terrible. They're, 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 you're right. The rip players have always got that same look on their face. What? You some know. of the, I mean, some of the appalling tackles. Oh, yeah. You know, like tackles terrible. from the 1970s. It's not quite as bad as it used to be, actually. I mean, the rivalries is bad, but the tackling the last few games hasn't. There's been some football played. Yes, indeed. Uh, Andy, you got anything for us before we, we yes. bring you the fourth panel? Uh, this story I, I was quite intrigued by. It's not really a sports... Well, two, really. One, when, this is a slight sports story. You know when you go through the papers in the morning, you, mm. you, you're speed reading and trying to pick up things that we might do on the show and everything. Yeah. I saw this one. Seaman sails to victory on MasterChef. I thought, well, Dave Seaman, that would get him on talk about it. A former merchant Navy Seaman with a oh. love of... Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, OK, not David Seaman not on David MasterChef. Seaman winning MasterChef. All round his place, then. <laughs> It would have been for dinner, wouldn't it? And the, uh, the story in the Sun today about the the man from Cornwall who was, uh, probably makes Britain's finest Cornish pasty. Oh yeah, he's retiring after sixty years, and uh, he's made more than fifty. A lot of crimping. Fifty it is fifteen million of the treats, of course. Yeah. Um, but he's sort of disappointed that he can't persuade anybody in the family to take them up, you know. And he said he's really worried about the future of Cornish pasties. And then he said, <laughs> "Well, then who he, isn't? Let's no, be honest." But then he gets, says um, uh, he. The pasty veteran refused to reveal his secret ingredient, which he says he will take to the grave. Why? <laughs> Surely, if you care that much about pasties, give it to somebody else so they can make nice pasties. Only you could get annoyed about a bloke's secret pasty <laughs> yeah, recipe. Why would you to want to take extent. it to his grave? I don't the think same level of annoyance that you bring to a missed <laughs> Chelsea chance. I'm sure he's passed it on to the family. He hasn't, apparently. He won't pass it on to no, the No wonder they won't take it. None over. of the family he said it would be nice to carry the family business on, but no one will take it, so I don't have a choice. Um, fingers crossed the sale goes through. I've tired and I've had enough, he says. Okay, we make the best pasties in Cornwall, without a doubt. Well, the only problem with that, of course, if you're trying to... I can't believe we're having a deep dive on this, <laughs> but if you're trying to sell it... Bill's enjoying it. He likes yeah, the yeah, he, he, he only comes for the pasty <laughs> chat, really, Bill, on the decks today. But yeah. if you're trying to sell it as an... On, why am I doing this? As an ongoing concern. <laughs> surely you give that secret... Surely that, you know, the Colonel... Like the, I mean, the Colonel, does he pass that on to his franchises? He must. Well, he must. 
must have done because every time you, you buy you've still it got one of the Kerners franchises, yeah. you've got to know what they are. He can't just give you ten. Well, of he them probably, and say, yeah, it probably comes in a can, not a can, a jar. Of you think so? Eleven different herbs and spices ready <laughs> mixed. <laughs> well, I think the pasty man. He's going to get a less. If I was buying his pasty business, mm. um, and I know Charlie Baker's in for it, but if I was buying that business, <laughs> yeah. I'd want to know what the secret ingredient was. Mm. Well, Oprah would anyway. Maybe you we would. shouldn't dwell on that for too long. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Now it's time to reflect on a week of sport on TV, Andy. Lovely. We do that as always in the yeah. company of uh, the King of Overnights, huge in Kuala Lumpur. It is Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. <laughs> Good afternoon, and bless you for all that, yeah. uh, Paul. Oh, yes, um, I heard you last week, Marshall. I heard the opening of your show. It, was, it made me laugh. You were talking about the number of places that you could find talk TV. It was very good. Don't go oh, into yes. it now, but it was a very good bit. Yeah. Well, it did, yes, it, it did strike me as, a, as amusing because basically I was watching it and people were coming on. This is the first day of talk TV and mm. people were coming on and saying, uh, you know, we're a point of view that's been shut down. You know, the wokes and the lefties, they've shut us all down. Mm. And then I looked at the advert and it says, on Freeview 627, on FreeSat, Four two three on Twitter. On, you know, it was like yeah, so, so that's not bad if you've been shut down. Um, well done. Well so done. Martin, this this uh, end of the world of sport. We had kicking mm. off a BBC Two documentary, and tell us what that was about. Well, first of all, I want to report that I'm uh, reporting here now exclusively mm. that we've reached peak clapperboard. Right. We've seen enough people settling to their seats. The clapperboard, go, you know, the talking heads. Yes, they've been oh, yeah. yeah, for every documentary, it's um, a do- documentary style, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 this sort of style thing, but it's getting irritating now. We get. Um, uh, Martin Ziegler, fine, fine reporter of the yep. Sunday Times, being uh, mic'd up. We, you know, we want to hear what he has to say. We're not really that bothered seeing how where his <laughs> microphone is ready. Stylistic, yeah. yeah. Uh, how far will down. they go back? Do you think we'll start to see some of the people being interviewed on the bus on the way they're in the taxi? <laughs> we keep going further back to the point where they're actually being interviewed for what they're doing. I'd, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Anyway, we've got Dan Silver, the Chelsea Supporters <laughs> Trust. You see him settling into his seat, and <laughs> then with the clap of one, there's all that stuff. But all in all, I thought it was a fine documentary. There are two, there are two documentaries. There's one on Sky uh, documentaries about the European Super League, <laughs> um, which I think I mentioned here a few weeks ago. Not quite as good as the BBC one. I think the BBC okay. one is, um, it, you know, there's a bit more humour in it. Obviously, you get the talking here. I think it's the law that you have to have Jermaine Jenis and um, Gary Lineker on any BBC <laughs> sport documentary. So we have them, but also well, there's a lot of Kevin Miles, who yeah. I always think is a sensible voice. For Indeed, some yeah. from the Football yeah. Supporters Association, yeah. From the Football Supporters Association. Simon <coughs> Cooper, who's a <coughs> fine writer, Cooper, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but a fine uh, writer about uh, sports business. So um, everybody you want to hear from uh, is there. It's, all, it's very, very very, um, you know, if you have problems uh, concentrating on anything for more than uh, half a second, it's fine because it clip goes from one clip to another clip to another clip. Mm. Um, the, the irony of it is, of course, that uh, it went out on BBC Two at the same time as uh, yet another brilliant Real Madrid-Manchester City match mm. was going out on, uh, ah. BT, on BT Sport. I suppose that's what the iPlayer and catch-up is there for, Martin, isn't it? Really? Absolutely, but mm. you know, you couldn't find a better argument for these no. you, for, for the top teams in Europe playing each other sure. all the time than, uh, than that. 
I mean, it, the, the, I think the uh, the main point of the BBC documentary uh, kicking off was that uh, it was just so ill conceived, almost you know almost beyond belief mm. when you you know when you think these people are controlling um, you know large businesses, football clubs, yeah, um, and it was just so amateurish the whole thing and so ill prepared. So you know they hadn't. Uh, talked about broadcasting rights you know that hadn't been tied up and uh, the press release when it arrived to tell you all about the European Super League looked like it'd been done on a John Bull printing outfit <laughs> you know do you know what I mean it yes was yeah, just yeah. no uh, you're right it, the whole thing was uh, just uh, half cut wasn't it it was a, 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 a appalling a really. folly yes a folly but um anyway uh, the uh, it, it, well, I'd, I'd say it's died. It's it's, it's basically not, it's, it's not, not it's 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 mm. no. It probably hasn't. Sadly, it, it's never going to go away. No. I mean, if, when you think of how long the suggestion of a European Super League has been around, it goes back as far as the book they used to play on grass yeah. by um, Gordon Williams and Terry uh, Venables. Terry Venables. Yeah. yeah, all those years ago they were talking. So it's not going away, and I think that's the final sort of coda in this uh, in this documentary on the Beeb. Mm. Um, it's not going away. It's still around. Um, interesting. I mean, it's worth watching just for the clip of Florentino Perez, the uh, Real Madrid boss, yeah. on uh, a program called El Chiringuito. Mm. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, that was quite, um, quite an infamous clip in the end, didn't it? Really? Yes. And he seemed to be saying that <clears throat> games should be shorter, that people yeah. can't uh, concentrate, kids can't concentrate for that long. And that's an argument that uh, Manchester City would probably <laughs> buy yeah. into. Yeah. About five minutes shorter. Yeah, that's right. You're <laughs> that's re- retrospectively <laughs> shaved five minutes off the Champions League matches. Yes, um, I wouldn't be for that, of course, yeah. uh, after what happened uh, in uh, Amsterdam. So um, yeah. you also watched the uh, Champions League and the Europa Watch. League coverage. Sadly, from your point of view, the Europa League oh. coverage didn't go quite as you'd hoped as a West Ham fan, Martin. No, the, the highlight of it was uh, Pablo Fornells uh, tucking into uh, Pie and Mash, which was <laughs> a little feature they did before before the match. Mm. Um, I th- Joe Cole was very interesting. Joe was uh, one of the uh, one of the pundits with um, uh, with Carlton Cole as well mm. on, the, on the show. Uh, he said at the start of the match that West Ham looked serene. Serene is not worth Yes, it's a word you usually usually use for the royal family or for uh, your beauty queens. But Swans. he said, well, just seeing mm. the West Ham team uh, warm yeah. up on the pitch, they look serene. I'll tell you one and of I my thought... favourites, Martin, it's from yesteryear, Terry Marsh, the former boxer. Uh, he was interviewed by uh, Jim Rosenthal after one of his fights. And he just won the fight. And it was in the moments Jim was there with the microphone. He said, uh, Terry, tell me how you feel. He said, Jim, there's only one word for the way I feel at the moment. Voluptuous. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're, uh, while we're talking about um, sort of spoonerisms or whatever, um, not spoonerisms, but talking about uh, new um, uh, new sort of usages, mm. uh, Jeremy and Lescott came up with a good one for the, um, for the Real Madrid-Manchester uh, City uh, match. He called it uh, Monumentous. Which was um, a combination of momentous and monumental. Monumentous so. sounds like a daytime quiz show, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? Doesn't you, I could see you coming you. on, Sam. Well, I've got to go now. I've done me 15 minutes because the monumentous is just monumentous about to start on ITV. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to write a pitch for that. So, yeah, that's. <laughs> um, I also enjoyed them all saying, you know, of course, never write off this uh, Real Madrid team, which is exactly what they were doing, sort of five yeah. minutes earlier. Yeah, and you weren't writing off the uh, Real Madrid team, but that was um, that was remarkable. Um, I, I tell you what, another thing that sort of struck me, and it's not entirely to do with well, it's to do with punditry really, mm-hmm. and that is this whole thing yeah. of game management, which I think has gone too far. Right. Um, we saw in the West Ham Arsenal match on, uh, and we we saw it in both the uh, Europa Europa Cup semi final of West Ham and Frankfurt and the Champions League semi final Real Madrid and City, and that is when a team, when there's ten minutes left and a team has more or less um, more or less won it, yeah, uh, they then go into game management mode, which basically we know what it is. It's going, you know, when you're tackled, mm. you go down. Yeah, time-wasting. Time-wasting, we used to call it in the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. game or, management, or you could, is, yeah. You could call it cheating. Yeah, or they're being canny. They're not cheating. They're being canny, of course. Yeah. They're using... We're, we're basically learning what the Europeans have done for years, as we're often told by pundits, of course. Yeah, you know, but of course it's all nonsense. I yeah, mean, Atletico Madrid got a lot, of, yeah, uh, exactly. a lot of flack for this. It's not just... They all do. Yeah. And uh, Graeme Souness was praising the uh, the Arsenal youngsters. You know, they're a young team. They've got lots to learn. And he said, you know, they're showing real character now. They're being really professional because they're, well, they're doing what all teams do and that is uh, you know trying to protect a lead towards the end of a match by managing the game by wasting time you know by taking longer over throw-ins mm. um, the goalkeeper will fall on the ball and then yeah. take longer to get up and a lot more cramp thing. than they used to have in the old oh, days yeah. the only time you ever more... saw cramp was extra time in an FA Cup final players yeah. in the 70s never got cramp did they no, the only time you, it was on a hot day in May uh, and you were 118 minutes in. The only time players ever got it is cramp. a bit more intense. Than yeah, I'm, I'm yes. being facetious, Andy. Yes, it is, it is more intense, but you know, but but we know what's going to happen. What's going to happen? You know, in a, in a European tie, especially, is the player's going to go down. The player who's just tackled him knows that he's not injured, mm. so tries to lift him up, and that's when you get the melee start. You know, the, yeah. then they all then they all sort of pile in, yeah. and it happens all the time. You know, you, you the player from the the side that needs to get back into the match is pulling the other guy up. And uh, it's called, you know, pundits call it game management. I just wish they'd call it out for what it is, which is uh, well, thank which you. Is time with Thank you, caller. <laughs> yes. Well, I know it is a bit of a rant. It's a bit of a rant, but it happened in in, in the West Ham match. I'd never West Ham were never going to win, you know, because no. you could see that. But you know, it happened in that match. It happened in the Manchester City match, and then they had on three minutes at the end. I know. Extra yeah, that time. Was, there was at least there was at least ten minutes in that. That City was match. shambolic. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, that's right. If Chelsea do go out of business, Andy, yeah. then you can get yourself an hovercraft. Get into the hovercraft business. What a great idea! Yeah. That will support Torquay. I like the fact you said you can buy him second. <laughs> Hand. Imagine that in the local paper. <laughs> Racing hovercraft. Unwanted gift, hence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, it'd be mine, probably, after I've bought it. There That's us, isn't it? That's, That's it. Us. Yeah. Uh, we'll do this all again on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 